This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. My dog is not demanding at all for like three quarters of the show, but then there's one point where he would just start demanding pets. It's it's a TV thing, I think. I think he knows that he's on TV and he needs his 15 seconds of fame. So. Waiting to get my star on the walk of fame here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which camera should we look at? Anyways. Yeah, over here or over here? Yeah, he's Puppy yawning. Action. He's very tired. Yeah. He's oh, I'm sure. Sleeping all day is exhausting. Is this show not over yet? <laughs> I know. Gosh. Time right, flies we'll on your dog. Okay, yeah, Yeah, thanks. man, it's time. I just woke up from a doggy dream, and somebody was talking about these roundtable things, which means the end was close. So let's bring <laughs> it on, ladies and gentlemen, the weekly conversation we do on Thursdays. It's the weekly roundtable. Isn't it convenient that we have a roundtable? Well, it's actually it oval. Just say yeah, it. The blind guy feels it now. goes, <laughs> well, I don't know. Well, yeah, I guess it is oval. Kind of oval. And away we go, folks. Every Thursday we do this, facilitated by myself. I find some different topics to talk about. It's an open conversation. Nothing right or wrong in the opinions shared. We just like to get a few moments to talk about some of these things that I throw out there. Uh, Rummy, of course, is here. And we welcome in the host of the Globe and Mail show, Corinne Van Dusen, of course, over on AMI-audio. And she co-hosts that with Mike Ross. Corinne, hello. Hello. Thank you very much for having me. So do you mind if uh, the start of the new year requires a little bit of boasting? Um, we had sent out to us via the communications department a wonderful item about yourself, Mike, and the Globe and Mail show. Um, my understanding is the writer, the, the interviewer, to do this written piece, which we'll get you to explain a bit more, spent time with you guys, went over different things, captured, as far as I could tell, within the piece, your personality is really well. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Yes, it was Tom Cardoso, who is the writer of that piece. He spent time with both myself and Mike at our uh, places. There are two pictures of us and how we record because we both record from home mm. and we put the show together together. So uh, it's mentioned in the piece that I record at uh, Studio D because it's Studio Dining Room because <laughs> that's where that's where I set up. Uh, and did you want me to talk a bit more about the piece? I wouldn't mind because yeah. I'd like people to go and read it. And it's a lengthy piece. It's nice. Mm -hmm. We actually read it on the um the globe and mail today <laughs> and nice. we went back and forth so mike read his quotations i read my quotations uh it has to do a lot about putting the show together um i don't drink coffee in the morning which is a point oh. that is made in that. yes i drink hot water and i'm up at 4 30 in the morning and i put everything together but i've said a lot of times in my life i'm a huge proponent of naps so ah, true <laughs> you can take naps we talked about how we set up our scripts um we talked about like how we choose the articles and how we can record together even though where he's in uh durham region i'm in toronto area so it was it was really fun and it was really interesting to find out what the writer what tom picked out of the interviews because you talk to people like i you've done interviews where you talk to people for you know we did close to an hour and then they have to choose from that what they want the story to be about 
So I thought that was really interesting. Um, he talked about the, our favorite writers and um, what we like to read. So I, I, it's a, it's a, not to toot my own horn, but it's a pretty interesting piece. Mm. I thought it sounds I thought like so. it. It sounds like it. And both of you are pros, like you're pros at uh, being part of reading shows. You've been at AMI in all kinds of capacities and in broadcasting in all kinds of capacities. So this is a really nice milestone for you. Thank you for sharing. Mm -hmm. You'll have to ask uh, Kelly how professional I am because she and I have <laughs> he, he been recorded together you, right? yeah. at, uh, <laughs> at AMI for At various phases of AMI, yeah. <laughs> well, and, and you and Mike are very different individually and you can tell that even with your yeah. reads, the things that you choose to read. Um, it's comes together so well right and it's fascinating the choices and it's interesting when you say what tom would have picked from that what he gleaned and what he sees as because this is such a niche um what you're doing is such for a niche audience uh a specific kind of programming that is being shared that we, we have the privilege to be able to share with an audience but also to pull those people in and the style people don't read what you're reading out loud. And we used to talk about that a lot when you were a reader and working with me uh, at, at, at AMI when we first started everything that, hey, this is supposed to be read in your head, not out mm -hmm. loud. And you readers over there at AMI Audio, uh, it's you learn something that I won't say nobody else has to read because we have audio books now. It's a 100% different reading, mm -hmm. different, different style, necessary. Yep, you have to add uh, emotion, but not editorialize, mm. is what I like to say. You know, you're not, this isn't, you're reading an opinion piece, but you're not giving your opinion on it, you know? Right so on. you can emote in certain ways with uh, with different things. So if it says, you know, someone said with a laugh, you can deliver that line differently, but you also don't want to be robotic, you know? Right, I, right, right. So that's something... It's a balance of how you can do it, but you get the feel for the articles, right? If I'm reading a national article about healthcare, I'm not going to be like, "Hey, all these people are in hospital," you know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know, like exactly. terrifying. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. Oh, you have gosh. you have to have the correct tone when it goes with yeah. it. When it's like you know, dozens of people in hospital, but not like dozens of people. Now I'm getting really into the minutia. Sorry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, but it's cool. We love hearing from narrators in such this way. People who uh, it's yeah. such a unique thing. I want to talk to you about the season we're into. Oh yes, award season. Um, the Golden Globes. We had a chat the other day about them with Greg. So we don't. We're not going to go over that as much as I'd love to know what we did touch on is the red carpet and people online talking about the fashions and things like that. When you observe, when you look, do you look at that? Do you follow along online? Where do you find if you're going to bother watching any of the fashion of it? And I'm not sure, Corinne, how much you do. I know it probably doesn't go unnoticed, especially what we just talked about, your work. Um, what do you feel is the big capture and what do you look for in that kind of thing does any of that interest you or is it just come on move on let's move on this thing's long enough get on with the awards <laughs> no absolutely this year there was no red carpet shows so you had to follow along on the internet there wasn't e-news or e-talk or anyone usually has reporters set up at the red carpet to say who right. are you wearing what are you excited right. about so i miss that because i like watching those beforehand you could you know what? Award season is my Super Bowl. Okay, I'm gonna put six hours into these award shows. <laughs> is it so the Super Bowl also your like? Super Bowl or no? 
No, oh, the halftime show is okay. Super there you Bowl. go. Yeah. All right. Yeah, she's not. <laughs> uh, was there a fashion that you can describe to us? This is what we were talking with Greg about. But I thought, is there anything, a style, anything particular that, as you watch this, you are looking for? Is it just that unique suit or or dress or whatever that gown that someone's that someone wore? Um. I think what pops to mind immediately is Margot Robbie because she has been dressing the Barbie part the entire time she's played Barbie. So she had this sequin pink dress that was uh, that was pretty form fitting. And you know, it's something that Barbie would wear to an award show, it looked like. But mm. if you also look at Taylor Swift, she wore a sequin green dress that wasn't the same, but was was kind of kind of the same. So it wasn't the exact same dress. Yeah. And so I thought these. The silhouettes this year were much tighter than they have been, but that seems to be the the trend in dressing. Like we've gone through the big ball gowns mm. where you can't see anything. We've gone through the like sh they're called shift dresses, so they just kind of like hang down. Emma, think Emma Stone. She's usually in a shift mm -hmm. dress. She was in one mm -hmm. at the uh, the award show, but now it's kind of like classic Hollywood coming back with like the tail the tailored Taylor Swift and. <laughs> <laughs> how everything is just fit so perfectly. Mm -mm. Um, if there was if there was description, Ramya, would that remotely make this even more interesting on that level to oh, you yeah. or still would it? Of course, you're yeah. Because really, yeah. remember, like I was um, bringing up uh, stuff on the show where you, what's trending this year or anticipated to trend this year. What was great last year that will continue into this year, including like makeup and skincare. And um, I, I went through some of the fashion articles as well, and I found it interesting to just read about the styles, read about what people are wearing and how they're being described, as you said. Because there was a period of time on the show where we'd have a fashion conversation with Kia, and um, I found it really great not just to uh, like for personal use or something like oh yeah shopping tips but really that you know what's out there that people are wearing because we have no clue otherwise no we don't and i used to find as a kid and i'd put this stuff on the, the suits right i could see ties and stuff like that when i could see better and that used to fascinate me and then i'd hear about the costs of so many of the things like oh, oh my, my gosh God, yeah off the oh, and gosh. how how many different <laughs> types and i couldn't see enough to say how different so and so or that you mm. look at a table of people i wonder how many different styles yeah. of suits well, what for me does that mean go ahead Chris. men's fashion has evolved immensely it's mm -hmm. not the boxy tuxedo anymore uh there was a lot of different cuts of suits there was a lot of men not wearing suits um pedro pascal is an ex excellent example of someone who wears a suit sometimes but doesn't he actually had his arm in a sling I'm not sure oh. what happened, but he had mm -hmm. like a great, I can describe it as a blouse, like, and it had ruffles on the front and it worked with his sling, which wow. was the same wow. color as the shirt. And then uh, Barry Keoghan was wearing this lovely draped jacket that was red and the pants kind of hung uh, the same way draped wise. So again, it's not just your, oh my gosh, his tuxedo is blue and not black this mm. year. Like the men's fashion has really, really Styles. And, you know, uh, as you say, right, like what used to trend that's coming back or just that kind of uh, evolution of fashion and thinking fashion forward. Because sometimes the stuff that you see here, actually most of the time, the stuff that you see on these red carpets is it becomes the talk afterwards into what we head into with fashion, right? Not mm -hmm, just like mm -hmm. a reflection on. I wonder yes, how much is Taylor, you, Taylor, Taylor made. Like, like, like of those, I wonder how much is actually, you would look good if we took this fashion from, you know, as you say, 
these are the start of a lot of what people yep. will see or want to go out and get. So I these wonder are the how much of things. the designer goes to the person or the tailor or says, listen, you know, the, the I could make you, how would you feel looking like, wow, because they're all trying to upstage each other one way or another. <laughs> no, they're just trying to be themselves. Come on. <laughs> upstage each other one way or another. That's it. That's it. Uh, federal public servants warned that the Trudeau government two years ago uh, that large in increases to immigration uh, could affect housing affordability and services. Internal documents obtained by the Canadian press through an access to information request show Immigration, Refugees and Citizenship Canada analyzed the potential effects newcomers would have on the economy, housing and services as the department prepared its annual immigration targets for 2023 to 25. The deputy minister, among others, was warned in 2022 that housing construction had not kept up with the pace of population growth. But ultimately, the feds increased the number of of new permanent residents to 500,000 for 2025, a decision that drew considerable scrutiny. Karen Rebo, the Canadian Press. Ramya, your family coming with different members to Canada to live. We, as a melting pot country, as people love to refer to Canada as mm -hmm. with uh, all the various backgrounds, and this for years being our style, our way, you would think we'd navigate through newcomers all the time. We know that there's been different circumstances and different times in history through wars or what have you, where more people come here, uh, opportunities come here. Um, is this something, as you hear this, are we going back to the whole, yeah, but once again, Canada only reacts when we have to. Things are not the way they used to be. We can sit here and welcome people, but we don't follow through. Often. Often I think that about a lot of our policies and a lot of our uh, reactionary measures and just conversations, honestly, around politics and, you know, we must do this, we need that. And it really, like, I have such a cynical, skeptical, uh, overall blanketed outlook on a lot of these things and whether it or not it concerns me personally, like with accessibility things, uh, I, I just feel that way about us. And it's because we don't have enough trust. We don't have enough trust that the, you know, uh, government or like people in charge will do the right thing. They'll do the, the thing that we're asking for when they say that they're going to represent us, represent people. Um, also, I, I just think, yeah, like there is history. There's definitely recent history, which can be very, you know, questionable, startling and all, all of that, right? Where you think, you know, we're in a bad place. How do we deal? Mm. But, but we have to be fluid in the sense, this is my opinion, we have to be fluid in the sense of moving forward requires us to think outside of just what we've done historically so far, right? And that requires a lot of work as well. So then it goes back to my trusting. Are we going to put in the work? Corinne, we see this happening constantly in this country. And I don't know it when we you, you read stuff every day on housing in different locations, different things, expectations that our government wants to have. We want to puff out our chest. But their expectations of people coming here, their expectations we have as citizens wanting you living here, looking and wanting opportunity to go where we need to go to and fro in different places. But we run into the roadblock and, and you see this. Any of your thoughts on this? Uh, the housing crisis has been around for a long, long time. As uh, the report said, the government was previously warned about it. Uh, so when it comes to uh, immigration and just population in general, 
more house, more housing has to be built. That mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily mean single houses. It doesn't mean single houses. It means places where multiple people can live. So this is something that's going on across the country, uh, figuring out how to rezone things so you don't just build one house on a lot so people can live there. Also, with rent increases and prices going up, it's hard for people to get into the housing market in any rate. And if you're new to a country, you have to, um, you know, you come in here and there's lots of stuff that you have to do. And unfortunately, housing is one of the big things where, you know, the, the government's kind of like, yep, we're, we're working on it, but they're not really doing anything. Uh, a point that I read earlier was um, that the private sector is not being consulted when it comes to building houses. Like, it's great that the government says yep, we're going to build yep. 200,000 houses by this time. And the private sector is like, okay, how? Like, you know, we'd love to do this, but there's all this stuff that we have to think about as well. So again, it's it's one more step, but, you know, uh, you need population to help the economy and, you know, be be a country and such. So it's, you know, it's, uh, I don't know the term that I'm trying to say, but it's, uh, you know, the housing prices and immigration are going together yeah. in an unfortunate way. Yeah. Well, and it's terrible because we're a country that's big enough, but not big enough. But you don't want to be too big of a place where you couldn't furnish the money through taxes and so on to afford things. But we don't. We have a we, we talk a big game and then we fall because now there's no money anywhere. Corinne, thank you very much for being with us on the roundtable. We'll do this again. Thank you. And thanks for not asking me about Otani. Appreciate it. <laughs> oh, God, I've had enough Otani. Oh, I did a sports on the go, but ah, well. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Corinne Venduzen, um, one of the hosts of the Global Mail Show. You can catch it on AMI-audio weekdays, uh, so do so because uh, awesome work by her and Mike as they spin off all sorts of great news items for you to follow in various uh, genres and forms. After the break, we're, of course, going to wrap up the show, give you a teaser of what's coming up on Now with Dave Brown, the morning show on AMI-tv. And I've got a um, question slash recommendation slash reflection on cleaning our reusable water bottles. Some people are getting real sick by not cleaning them properly. We'll be right back. We'll be back with more of Kelly and Ramya after this short break. Hi, I'm Stephen Scott. Join me every day for Double Tap. It's a show where we occasionally talk about technology for blind and partially sighted people. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts.